Hey, it's John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and it's The Entrepreneurial You, the show for dedicated and passionate Caribbean entrepreneurs seeking daily inspiration, brought to you by author, speaker, and award-winning entrepreneur, Henneka Wakis-Porter. You must be prepared to ignite. Greetings, everyone. It is time, yes, it's time for another episode of The Entrepreneurial You podcast, hosted by yours truly, Henneka Wakis-Porter. I really want to extend a very special welcome to our first-time listeners and a shout-out to our dedicated followers, listeners. You have been fantastic. You have been the one that, you know, you, you, you kept me going. And even in moments when I just don't feel like doing this because of you, I keep going. So thank you so much. Now, last week, I enjoyed the conversation I had with Tanis George, and Tanis is a serial tech entrepreneur with over 20 years of building startups, including one tech unicorn. Wow, it was such an interesting conversation we had. I mean, her heart is in the building the co-founder, you know, business relationship. So if you miss it, go check it out. Now, this week, I'm doing things a little differently because I am having two guests this week. Usually I just have one guest, but this week we are talking, I'm going to be talking with two persons, right? And we are exploring a topic that's electric, and you'll find out why I said that in a moment. And my guests today are Colleen Palmer Wright, and you'll hear more about her later, and Delano Mighty, and oh my gosh, what a time I know that I'm going to be having with these two very special persons. Now, you know, gratitude is a must, right? So before I move on, let me just thank my sponsor who has been with me from day one, right? I mean, by this is what the street would call you, ride or die. And that is what the Jamaica Stock Exchange has been since the inception of this podcast. So let's take, you know, a break and so we can hear from our sponsor. We needed to raise capital, but our experience with local financial institutions was that they were cautious and slow to act, and interest rates were far too high. We had real concerns about financing our business through outside equity investors and the possibility of interference. Could we get a fair valuation for our business? We had our own ideas about the business and its value. Should I go the traditional route of bank financing, or should I try the Jamaica Stock Exchange? So we made a call an experienced transformation of our business through conversations. I'm John Mafood, CEO of Jamaican Teas, and we're listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Give us a call today at 876-967-3271 to begin your transformation through conversation. We want to see your company listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Welcome back. Now, in this upcoming episode, of course, two industry experts in Jamaica's electric mobility sector will join me. Of course, we're going to be discussing the objectives of the eDrive project and its contribution to building a sustainable electric mobility ecosystem in Jamaica. We'll also delve into the impact of electric mobility on the global automotive industry and the opportunities for employment and entrepreneurship 
in this field. And of course, we're looking at, you know, definitely Jamaica. And there are more things that we're going to be discussing coming out of this conversation. So before, uh, without any further ado, let me welcome my two very special guests today who are Colleen Palmer Wright, and she's going to give us a little bit about herself as well as there's Delano Mighty, and Colleen is the eDrive Project Lead, and Delano is Technical Service Services Officer, Evergo Jamaica. Lady and gentlemen, welcome. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. It's our Ab pleasure being here. Absolutely. All right, before I get into the questions, this is how I normally start. When I have foreign guests, I ask them what they know about Jamaica. Of course, you're Jamaican, so I can't ask you that question. What I'm going to ask you is, what's your favorite thing about being Jamaican? <laughs> favorite thing about being Jamaican. I have had the opportunity to travel to several countries. And everywhere we go, we are seen as persons who are little but them taller. So people always want to get in the space. I worked in Suriname for a couple of years, and every time that they heard that there was a Jamaican person around, um, they came. First, they wanted to hear the patois, um, so they were they could link that, and I didn't do that very well, so I don't know that I I did that very well for Jamaica, but yes. And, and then they were also interested in our music, so I have found that because of that, I... I like being Jamaican because though we are a small country, everybody wants to be aligned in some kind of a way with a Jamaican. So, yes, that has been my experience. Absolutely. That's mine, too. Look about with Talawa. I'll do it for you, right? Um, just... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Annika. Thank you you're, so you're much. You're welcome. Pleasure to serve. Over to you, Delano. Oh, hands down, it's the food. It is simply the food. <laughs> um I think I've I've been to a few countries as well, um, but no one quite does food like the Jamaicans do. Um, no one quite does, I guess, seasonings like Jamaicans do. And, and, you know, if you go somewhere overseas, you might actually find somebody that um, does Jamaican cuisine in a little pocket of the country. And you tend to find that a lot of persons will gravitate towards that because the food is just so good. Uh, so... It's simply the food. <laughs> yeah, and they, they do say that the way to a man's heart is through his stomach, so. Okay. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> All right, so let's let's take it back now and get a little more serious. So um, I started with the lady, Colleen. Let me hear a little bit about, I, I did say you're the E-Drive uh, e project lead, but <clears throat> give us a little more insights into who you are, really. I have been a project manager for in excess of 25 years and uh, have had a team with people. So Colleen is a people person and I find that I like to take on new challenges. So e-mobility was a new area for me when I started this journey three years ago, but I love to learn. So Colleen, first of all, is a lifelong learner and I need to get that out there. So I don't mind learning new things. And so, apart from that, Colleen is a mother and a grandmother, and I love the Lord. All of that's rolled into one. Yeah, I love, and all of that, I mean, you know, I could say a little in many instances where you, you, you've shared, um, Colleen, thanks for sharing. And so as a lifelong learner, 
uh, I believe the best way we learn too is is through uh, through teaching. So yes. with that, just teach us a little bit about the you know give us an overview of the e drive project. Okay, so eDrive project is a collaboration between the JPS Foundation and the IDB Lab. It really is coming out of a previous study that was done by the IDB as it supported the government in preparing for e-mobility in Jamaica. And so they identified some key things that needed to have been done and they partnered with JPS Foundation in this regard to get it going. So we want to focus on building what we call a sustainable e-mobility ecosystem. And that is to cover looking at the new jobs that we know this new sector is going to, to bring about. It's around educating persons into exactly what is e-mobility, what are the benefits for the climate, what does it have to do with uh, education and training and making sure that as the electric vehicles come into Jamaica, and we have seen so many come in the last uh, two years, when we started out at the beginning of the project, I think they said we had about 10 motor vehicles here. My last count, we have more than 200 fully electric vehicles, not counting the plug-in hybrids, as well as the other hybrid vehicles that are here. And so what we do know is that the policy directives that were handed down by the government last year have gone a far way in making persons understand the importance of e-mobility and letting them know that it is really something that Jamaica needs to uh, line up with it. We don't want to be left behind because the truth is our manufacturers have told us that while the years may have shifted somewhat, we know that anywhere between 2030 and 2035, some of our major manufacturers have said to us they're going to stop supporting um, manufacturing ICE vehicles. What does that mean then for Jamaica? It means that as a third world country, and we know already where our vehicles come from, right? For the most part, we 80%, a couple of years ago, it was said that 80% of our, our vehicles that were imported were secondhand vehicles. Where do they come from? They come from the same countries today that are so far advanced in the electric vehicle technology. So we do not want to become a dumping ground. And we look about with Talawa. That's what we said earlier, right? So we want to be leaders. We agree that Barbados has started um, and they are out there doing their thing. But I want Jamaicans to know that what we have invested um, and I'm saying Jamaicans because the industry ever goes here. They have jumped on board and they are doing their thing. And there are so many other players um, within the electric sector, the transport sector, uh, the renewable energy sector that is coming on board because it's all of these three sectors that will combine to get e-mobility going for us. So the project has three major components, market sensitization, as I said earlier, and built into that, we're doing a fleet assessment. We have two uh, companies that are presently um, uh, involved in this fleet assessment. And what we want to do is to factually show to Jamaica, we're not just saying it is better for the environment and it's better for your pocket. We want to back it with facts. And so we're doing this fleet assessment, two separate companies having two different kinds of operations so that they'll have the data to prepare for fleet transitions. And then 
why are we here today, Eniko? We're talking about the entrepreneur, right? So we're making sure that we are providing opportunities for or medium, small enterprise persons and their employees in that value chain to all come together and be a part of it. And so we would have started last year, we had a entrepreneur bootcamp where we invited 30 entrepreneurs to come in and be a part of an ideation bootcamp, which we partnered with the Branson Center. You spoke earlier that you had Richard on some time ago. So we worked with the Branson Center uh, to do an ideation bootcamp for 30 entrepreneurs in solving electric, electric and transport problems. And then we followed on later on with an innovation challenge where we got 10 of those persons from the entrepreneur and bootcamp to get further developed. And coming out of that, the top three are now going through the Branson Center program. So we are supporting the development of entrepreneurs in this space. And the third thing, third component is on training and capacity building. And we have partnered with Heart NSTA to first, we got 15 instructors certified internationally last year by the Institute of Motor Industry uh, Institute because we want to make sure that our instructors are trained. And so they are trained and certified internationally and they are now involved in uh, training of 400 persons across Jamaica. We started earlier this year um, with that activity. We have developed three training programs, one for first responders and two for vehicle technicians. So in a nutshell, that's what we have been doing at Project E-Drive. Just some of the things. Wow. Wow. I am inspired. Certainly I'm inspired and I'm, and I'm intrigued as well. You said a lot, and I could I could you know ask you to to unpack many of that. But what I'm going to ask you to focus on is something that you just alluded to, which is the the, the government's policy directives as it relates to electric mobility. Uh, just shed some light on that. Um, no pun intended at all. Uh, <laughs> shed, shed some light there or some spark, and um, let us know what what is that directive really? Because I want to bring in. Um, I'm going to ask you also. To, to talk a little bit about the entrepreneurial opportunities that are available so I can bring in Delano. But let's talk about the policy directives. Okay, so coming out of that strategic framework document that I spoke about earlier, and that was passed in, presented to cabinet last year and accepted, a couple of things that were there to how do we spur the, in, the investment in motor vehicles. And so the reduction of duty from 30 to 10% for the vehicle imports is one of those things that was very critical in terms of getting the sector going. Another thing was within that same space is that the, uh, the vehicles for the first two years, and Delan, you can correct me if I'm wrong, they, they do not pay uh, any registration, right? I think that's what it is. That's correct. All right, that's and then uh, other couple of things that are happening. The government, in their own uh, various ministries, have started to look at how do they incorporate. They need to. Set, they think it's important that they set the example. So they have started looking at the fleets. You'd have heard that JUTC right now has a one bus and it's one of five that we expect to be here. This morning, I'm told it was running the Route 47 because I follow that to see exactly where is the bus. So as a part of um, 
making sure that the bus can meet our rugged terrain. It's been uh, used across different routes um, in the JUTC. Yes, they're having some challenges, but there are players who are working closely with them. JPS on one hand is seeking to provide support to them in terms of making sure that the charges and stuff, they have the correct voltage requirements for that. And then I'm going to say this here, we have a newly formed electric vehicle association. And in that robust group, yes, we there's a new, and Delana can speak to that, Evergo and um, Jetcon and Flash Motors and JPS are what we call some founding members of that electric vehicle association, because that is going to be important in, in driving the policy framework. So those are two of the first things that have come on board. There are so many other um, initiatives that are embedded in that document and that are being implemented by other other smaller projects. So it's being done in, in different pieces, if for want of a better word. It's amazing where we are. When I look back, and I, I'm not that old, right? But when I look back, <laughs> coming from when my grandparents were telling me about donkey carts and all of these things, and here we are now talking about electric vehicles, you know, who would have thought? But we are here. The future is indeed now. Um, I'm going to bring you back to, to wrap your mm-hmm. segment, Colleen. But let me just, at this point, invite Delano to come on. Delano. Hi. I'm just, hi. Just um, welcome again. And just give me a little overview of Evergrow, you know, a little bit about yourself and then an overview of Evergrow. Good day to your listeners. I'm Delano. I am a father of one, husband of one. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Much like Colleen, I love the Lord. And uh, I've been a part of the Evergo project since uh, day one in Jamaica. That's Evergo Jamaica specifically. Um, Evergo is, we kind of like to put in this plug, is the fastest growing and largest electric vehicle charging network. At present, we have over 50 chargers installed and operational across the country, the length and breadth of Jamaica. Uh, we operate essentially with two charging standards, uh, the CC, well, three, sorry, the J1772 Type 1 charger, the CCS1 charger, as well as the Chadimo charger. Um, we can get into those standards a little bit later. I, I was about to ask because <laughs> I have no clue what you just said. Like, I was about to say, speak English, please. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the, the charging standard is important because not every vehicle has the same charging standard. It's, uh, it's a, let's say, an analogous situation would be if you are in a country that uses a 220-volt um, power supply. You know, the, the plug there is different. The European plug is different. It's the same with um, motor vehicle charging standard, electric vehicle charging standards. So you have um, the Type 1, CCS1, Chalimon. It's mostly used, I'd say, for Japanese or Asian vehicles. They actually have many charging standards available in Jamaica now. Let's say Tesla charging standard, um, Type 2 charging standard, GBT, which is the Chinese standard. But Evergo caters to all of these through adapters, essentially. And let me get back on, on track. We have over 50 chargers installed in Jamaica. We're actually part of a much wider network that is present in 10 countries in the Latin American and Caribbean region. Combined across all of those countries, we have some 700 or more chargers installed across the entire region. 
Um, and those are public charging standards. Uh, on the other side of Evergo, you have Evergo Home, which is essentially a home charging business where you can set up a charger at your house and charge a vehicle there. And I think Evergo came at a time in Jamaica when the country really, really needed it. As Colleen has said, we moved from 10 chargers, 10 vehicles, sorry, to over 200 vehicles in just the space of about two years. And part of Evergo's mission is actually to make sure that persons have that capability to charge wherever they need to charge. As a matter of fact, um, if you check similar studies, uh, let's say, for example, in the Dominican Republic, where our main business is located, it was upon the proliferation of these chargers that uh, persons now had the confidence to say, okay, there's a charger near to where I am. That means that I now can go and get an electric vehicle. That's actually one of the two major problems that most persons have when they decide to switch to electric. Um, in terms of what they call range anxiety, you want to be able to get somewhere without worrying that your battery is going to be depleted somewhere in the middle of Highway 2000 or wherever. And so uh, mission critical uh, forever goal, and I, I suppose for any electric vehicle charging network, is to place those chargers at locations that will give drivers that confidence. And we at Evergo, we like to believe that we have had a big hand in expanding our network in such a way that allows more persons to kind of have that confidence to go out and get an electric vehicle. What inspired Evergo to enter Jamaica's electric vehicle charging market, you know, and, and what you think sets us apart from the other players? The, the first question as to why we wanted to go into the electric vehicle and the electric mobility space in essence, InterEnergy, which is our parent company, has a mandate of going green. And so a lot of what we're doing now as a company and as a, a global or regional group has to do with ensuring that we convert any existing systems to renewables or to green technology. A part of that, of course, is electric mobility. Uh, I think at last check, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Colleen, but I believe it was anywhere between 25 and 35% of our greenhouse gas emissions um, in Jamaica actually came from the transportation sector in particular, yeah, um, which is slightly higher than the global average, right? And um, part of our mission at Evergo here is to make sure that we can support that transition to a greener economy. The second question that you would have asked is the Evergo advantage. I mean, there's there's a myriad of advantages, I'd say. In terms of what Evergo offers, uh, we offer essentially a, a charging solution that is cheaper than using gas. The average savings can be anywhere upwards of 30%, depending on what type of vehicle you drive and how you transition into it. And it's similar for other um, electric mobility companies as well, or charging companies. One particular advantage that Evergo has over many other players in the market is that Evergo is a regional brand. So if you have your Evergo um, account, uh, you can actually take up yourself from Jamaica, carry your card over to any of our countries that, um, that we have office, our businesses in. Um, those include like Aruba, Spain, Mexico, Panama, Uruguay, Puerto Rico, the Dominican Republic. You can go to any one of those countries with your Evergo account, you can rent a, an electric vehicle there and still charge. And it will be cheaper than, say, 
getting an analogous uh, gas vehicle. If you decide to move to another country, for example, you can also do that. And the beauty about the Evergo system in Jamaica in particular is just the, the sheer number of charges that we have. I, I can't say this enough. We have 50, we have plans to expand even more so within the next um, year, two years, five years. We're here to stay, we're here to grow, and we're here to help Jamaica to develop and to reach its, uh, its green goals. All right, so this question may not be relevant to people who already have electric vehicles because they would perhaps know, but I don't know. So I'm going to ask you, how does one become a part of this network that you're speaking of? Well, it's ridiculously easy. Um, <laughs> even if you don't have an electric vehicle, you can still sign up with us through our Evergo app um, that's available on the Google Play Store as well as the Apple iOS Store. You just go into that store, type in Evergo, download the app, um, and create an account. Now, what that account allows you to do is it allows you to see where those available charging stations are at any given time. It allows you to be able to, let's say, plan your route um, as it relates to whether you want to go to, if you want to take a, a vacation on the North Coast, for example, from Kingston, you can plan out your route and see where you want to charge. Essentially, using the app, is it's, it's really a no-brainer it's very straightforward um you can initiate charge from inside the app you can also request a radio frequency identification or rfid card through that app and um, once you get that card you can actually just tap it directly to the station and you'll be able to initiate charge that way as well so um as i said it's it's i'm, I'm really honored to be a part of this network because it's it's something that really adds value to the, the users of that network. And I think it's really an excellent initiative on the part of Evergo regionally and to have that presence in Jamaica as well. So you spoke to the fact that somebody who does not own an electric vehicle could actually um, you know, sign up for the app and stuff. What would be the benefit to that person? Well, you can actually use the app to kind of test drive, test drive <laughs> or, or, um, or systems. And to essentially see, you know, the, the app has geolocational technology, GPS technology. So you can actually mm -hmm. see the charges that are near to you. Um, you can be, you can, you're able to essentially go to those charges, visit them, take a look at what they look like, you know, kind of get yourself familiar with it, get yourself familiar with the process. And in so doing, you can actually become a, a bit more comfortable with using that technology as well. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, thanks for that, Delano. Colleen did share a lot earlier, you know, talking, tapping into the, the policy um, that we, the direction that we were headed in as a country and all of that. So as a company, how does Evergrow itself, you know, plan to support Jamaica's national energy policy and as well as its 2030 goal to promote the importation of more fuel efficient uh, vehicles? Well, I like to say it this way. Evergo is part of an ecosystem, and the ecosystem essentially is, is growing and growing rapidly to support the uptake of these vehicles in the country. Now, it may not be a case where, for example, Evergo can take on, let's say, the sale of motor of electric vehicles, as an example. That's not something that we are into. We may not take on, let's say, the, the financing of some of these motor vehicle uh, options, but what we are doing is we're doing our part in two ways. One is we're establishing those charging stations across the country 
in just about every nook and cranny of the country that you can possibly think of. And what this does is it allows the driver to have that confidence to be able to drive wherever he or she wants to go um, without worrying about whether or not they will be able or not able, in any case, to take a charge somewhere. Um, the other thing is Evergo is consistently uh, in the process of reviewing and commenting and giving feedback on policy documents that the government may uh, put out from time to time. When the OUR, for example, and this may be an old example, really, but when the OUR had put out their initial policy document uh, regarding the sale of electric vehicles, we actually did a very detailed response to the government's approach um, as it relates to how electric mobility really should uh, proceed within the country. Um, it was also among, among other uh, stakeholders within the, within the sector. Our position is quite similar to, uh, I'd say, another large electric mobility charging station provider in Barbados, which is Megapower. And in terms of how the, the structure of that sector would look compared to how Jamaican sector, uh, the Jamaican sector looks. So in so doing, we are in actually a very prime position to discuss these, these topics with the government and to, to lobby and to make sure that, you know, we have a more inclusive electric mobility economy within the country. I would also say that because we are an outward facing company, because we have clientele that, you know, is essentially the ordinary man, we actually also support the initiative of teaching persons how to, you know, go about this whole process of electric mobility. We regularly participate in podcasts and interviews such as this one um, to, you know, advise persons that, you know, there are options here for electric mobility users. So I think all of that is very, very critical in, in establishing our role in this central Jamaican economy. So great, great response there, Delano. So now I want to touch a little bit on what Kalina alluded to earlier as well. Mm -hmm. And it's a terrain of Jamaica, right? We, we know that we don't have, let's face it, the best roads here <laughs> all the time, right? So let's talk about some of the challenges and perhaps even opportunities to, you know, that you've encountered in installing and maintaining the char charging stations island-wide? He said um, maintenance and installation. So installation is 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 probably the, 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 the stickler here. We have our central offices located in Kingston. However, we have charging stations right across the island from as far as Negril Point. We're not quite at Marat Point here yet, <laughs> but we're getting there. Um, and the beauty about it is um, from the Kingston location, we can actually dispatch. Um, we have coordinated installation for our, our, um, our locations, as the case may be. And in terms of maintenance, really and truly, because they, the charging stations themselves are generally so robust, um, they don't necessarily need the level of maintenance that one might think. At best, we'd say, you know, there's an issue we can actually remotely uh, reset the charger in many ways because our network is fully integrated and we have the back end, etc. And without divulging too many of our state secrets here, um, we, we do our best to make sure that those charging stations are operational and well maintained um, once we get to them. Um, in terms of, I suppose, the terrain, uh, some persons may say the terrain is, is problematic for Jamaica. In some ways, it can also be an advantage because uh, most electric vehicles these days are actually made with regenerative braking, which allows you to recharge the battery as you're going down a hill. 
of which Jamaica has several. So you're able to um, recharge your battery um, even while you're driving. So all of that is, is actually very good for Jamaica. Consider also the fact that Jamaica, being perhaps one of the largest uh, English-speaking islands, or being the largest speaking in largest English-speaking island in the Caribbean, how our, our roads are in terms of the length is actually ideal for electric mobility. You would consider um, larger locations or, or countries like the United States, etc., where you have very, very long stretches of roads and highways, all without electric vehicles. Um, as it stands, Evergo has uh, placed electric vehicles with such frequency that electric chargers are with such frequency that you're able to go a certain distance and still see a charger. Other small island developing states within the Caribbean are even smaller than Jamaica. And so the range of roads for the Car these Caribbean countries is actually beneficial to the use and uptake of electric vehicles. Like all of this is, is, is well known, well documented. Mm -hmm. Earlier, Delano, uh, Colleen spoke to some of the, well, the innovation challenge by uh, put on by eDrive. And, we, you know, she talks about the, the boot camp and the pitching and the winners that were selected and so on. As somebody who is actually working in the field from an entrepreneurial perspective, a business perspective, what in your mind are some of the emerging opportunities for employment as well as entrepreneurial pursuits in mm -hmm. this new field, relatively new field? Right. Well, there are quite a few. Um, one that immediately comes to mind is electric mobility training. Um, particularly, I know that, for example, Heart, you know, I can't remember the acronym. Heart, <laughs> so Heart NSTA Trust. Heart NSTA Trust. I know that they do have um, an electric mobility program that is now on the way, which I think you're, you're going to be talking about that, colleague. Yes. So, um, in terms of um, taking advantage of that particular training, for example, that would allow uh, a discerning um, entrepreneur to, let's say, set up an e-mobility or electric mobility, um, what do you call it, like a garage or, you know, some, some sorts of service and maintenance um, business. That's one very good uh, example. But, uh, I mean, I, again, a discerning entrepreneur could take it even a step further you realize that there is a suite of, of services and products that will surround electric mobility. Um, it's, it's not if, but rather when. And so you're, you're looking at um, small devices such as um, converters or what they call them, adapters for your charging standards, as I would have mentioned earlier. You're looking at um, something like an EV club where you can do, let's say, a setup for a car washer. Um, and even with Evergo's model, I'd say, um, part of it is it's, it's somewhat, I wouldn't say completely entrepreneurial, but in terms of um, how Evergo sets up um, each charging station is we try to do opportunity charging where you're able to charge and uh, go to perform a service, let's say within a banking sector, or let's say you want a, a meal at a restaurant. So a lot of our charges are at these kinds of locations. So a, a discerning entrepreneur based on our, our business model, because you earn a commission based on how much persons use your charger at your, your host location with Evergo's model. You could actually request for that charging station to be set up with Evergo. You get that revenue and they, you get the business as well from the person that is um, setting up uh, 
charging at your location. So a lot of that is, is going to be um, very critical in establishing a very robust electric mobility um, ecosystem within the country as well. All right, so let's go over now. I'll go back over to Colleen. And Colleen, I want you to wrap your segment by just sharing with us what's next on the eDrive's horizon. Uh, thanks for that. But I just wanted to add to something that Delana said earlier when he was speaking. Oh, the hard NSD, um, the hard trust. Um, yeah, but yes. in a, before that also, he spoke about... Uh, you're talking about the ecosystem and it's, it's, you know, the whole build out of the ecosystem. And that really is what the project is about. So some of the things that you mentioned, Henico, like uh, financing, developing a financing model to support the growth of the sector is something that we also do on the project as a part of building it out. So we would have last year worked with stakeholders in the finance and in, in insurance industries as well as the automobile automobile industry i'm sorry uh to look at a financial uh model to develop a fund and one of the things that we found is that we so we now have that design we want to do in another phase of the project is looking at how do we finance it because e-mobility is more than just the electric vehicles and the chargers when you speak of an electric vehicle, a lot of people just think about cars. But then you also have um, boats, you have uh, bikes, you have so many other means of transportation that is also included in that regard. So we're looking also at, at, at those things as well. Delana spoke about the fact that there is uh, the build out of the charging infrastructure and just making sure that we are covering every piece of the of the country, other opportunities that can also come out of the electric vehicle mobility in um, industry is a vehicle to grid charging or vehicle to home because the the power of the the battery is that after it cannot do charging of the car anymore, you can take that battery and it can be used to run your home. Say what now? Yes. So you have other players like a tropical battery who is also in the space, in this ecosystem, who is also looking at a battery. Another opportunity that can come out is how do we, uh, we want to make sure that the batteries when they're end of life don't become a, 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 what's the word we use now? It doesn't become a problem for us. So how do we get those batteries back? Oh, you mean the environmental hazard? Environmental hazards. Thank you so much for that. Mm -hmm. So how do we get the batteries then now to go into a second business? You know, things of those nature, that nature, because there is so much more life beyond using it in the car. And so there are so many opportunities and we would have seen our innovators come to us with those kinds of opportunities, there are opportunities to do conversions of the bicycle that you have. We had one entrepreneur who was looking also to convert his ICE vehicle, Land Rover, into an electric into an electric vehicle. So there are so many other things. They had persons who are looking at electric wheelbarrows. 
um, for the farming communities. It really was astounding for us that persons were looking outside of the normal things that you'd have seen, you know, Delano coming out of electric mobility. So what next for us is that in this last phase of the project, we are really around. Training is going on, as Delana said earlier, partnering with Heart NSDA Trust. And I said that we developed those three programs earlier. So we're seeking to train 400 persons. Sustainability is the name of our game. So after the project is finished, those three programs will be entrenched in the Heart NSTA program. So people will be able to go and to be certified at levels one, two, or three, depending on what program they get into for Heart NST. We are working to now develop the stakeholders to make sure that Evergo, when Evergo project is finished and it is a business, 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 and this project over here is finished, that we have an electric vehicle association that can continue to lobby and stakeholders can come together. And so we are working with our partners, whether it be the automobile dealers, it be Branson Center, it be Evergo. We are seeking to partner also with our partners in the renewable energy space because we want to make sure too, and that the electric vehicles is not just about being charged at a, a using power. It can also be done by what we are so blessed with. So we want to look at solar charging. That's another opportunity that can come out of the space. So us at eDry, we will continue um, in the next over the next couple of months to spread the word, to continue to support the development of the ecosystem, and to continue to partner with our partners in this area. And so we thank Evergo for joining us on this journey today. And we thank you, Henika, for having us. Absolutely. It has been my pleasure. I have certainly learned a lot. It's not an area that I have been... Um, you know, personally paying a lot of attention to. So this is very in insightful for me. So I really thank you for coming as well, Colleen. Um, opportunities abound. And like I said, the future is now, so let's be a part of it. Same uh, question to you pretty much, Delano, is in terms of what's next for Evergo. And if there's anything too that you want to wrap with that I did not ask, please go ahead and share. I remember you had made a comment earlier about donkey carts <laughs> growing up with, with that kind of influence. I want to point out that. Well, my grandparents told me, let, let, let it be said, right? <laughs> let it be said. My grandparents. <laughs> well, okay. I, I, I recant, but um, yes, I will say that electric, electric vehicles are actually the oldest vehicle technology. They were <laughs> the first types of vehicles that were ever made. Mm -hmm. It just turned out that fuel became cheap or, or within some years, and so um, electric kind of phased out. Um, but the, the beauty about it is, as, as the good book says, there's nothing new under the sun. And so once we, we, we can apply that kind of rigor to the processes that we, we have here, um, then electric mobility in Jamaica will significantly take off and it will explode. Um, the, the, in terms of where we see Evalo going in the next couple of years, um, we're looking at growing our, our presence both locally and regionally, um, whether through you know uh, Evalo Jamaica's involvement or even the wider Evalo network across the 10 countries that I would have mentioned earlier. 
Um, there are some other unique market offerings that we want to branch out into. Um, they're market adjacent, I'd say. And I can't really speak much on it until we have that full rollout. So, uh, but just look out for something very big from, from Evergo coming up. Oh, the intrigue, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, Evergo will continue to play a major role in establishing a firm um, network and policy direction for Jamaica. That's going to be one of our main focuses going forward. And So just look out for us. Wherever you see um, a lovely charging station with a green um, parking space, that's us. Look out for us. We'll be right there waiting to serve you. Awesome. My guests have been Colleen Palmer-Wright. She is the eDrive Project Lead, as well as Delano Mighty, Technical Services Officer, Evergo, Jamaica. And what a you know, pleasure it has been for me. It has been insightful, inspirational, and educational. And I really look forward to be a little more engaged, um, you know, where, where this new technology or revamped, as what you've explained, Delano, revamped technology takes us into the future. I'm really here for it. And I want to really thank you both for coming and spending some time with me, um, taking our listeners as well on this journey and providing some answers to questions I'm sure that they would have had. And, and so thanks again for taking the time to come. Yes, thank you very much for having us. Thanks for having me. The pleasure is mine. Absolutely. Now, my peak performers, I'm sure you want to know where to catch up with these two lovely guests that I've had today. So uh, who wants to go first? Where can persons learn more about what we've been talking about? Uh, well, for Evergo, very simply, uh, you can go to evergo.com, which is our regional website. Um, there you'll find a lot of information about the countries that we're in, the types of connections that we have, and even the very locations, because we have a, a live map on the, 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 the webpage as well. So you can go to evergo.com. Um, our head offices are located in Kingston uh, on Marcus Garvey Drive, so you can look out for us there as well. So now over to you, Colleen. <laughs> Thank you so much. So Project E-Drive, you can find us on Instagram, we are eDrive Jamaica. We're also at, on Facebook, eDrive Jamaica. We also have a YouTube channel. Uh, as I said before, we are funded by JPS Foundation and IDB Labs. So you'll also see us there um, in some of their stories as well. But we ask you to follow us on this journey as we not only cover what is happening at Evergo, but in this entire ecosystem. So come there to find out what is happening in the e-mobility ecosystem here in Jamaica. Awesome. So thanks again. It's been um, a pleasure. Colleen Palmer-Wright and Delano Mighty. My pleasure indeed. Now, I want to thank you as usual, my peak performer, for tuning in to this episode where, of course, you heard me spoke with two industry experts, right, in Jamaica's electric mobility sector. I trust that you found this episode insightful. It was, for me, a very insightful, informative conversation. Colleen Palmer Wright, of course, she shared from the eDrive perspective and Delano Mighty, he shared from the Evergo uh, perspective, you know, what's going on with that uh, business right there. So what did you learn today from this episode? Was there something that was shared that you didn't know and it had you going, uh-huh, 
you know, was that moment for you? Well, it has been for me. The entire conversation has been. And I really want to hear from you. So as usual, you know what to do, right? Send me your feedback at henikawatkisporter at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to me on any of your favorite social media platform. Find me at henikawatkisporter. And you can also go to henikawatkisporter.com where you can listen to this episode as well as other episodes. We have over 300 episodes. Yeah, started in 2017 and here we are today, right? Episode 315. What a milestone, huh? Thank you so much for taking the ride with me, for enabling me, for challenging me to continue, even in the moments when I thought, ah, now, but here we are. And of course, I close out today with according to the scriptures, and it is, I, wisdom, dwell together with prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion. Proverbs 8, verse 12. What good? 